Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to the No Huddle Show. We are back after some uh, health issues. We are finally broadcasting live on Monday. This will probably be our only show this week since Friday is Christmas Eve. We'll get back to it uh, next week. How are you doing, Sam? Uh, you know, could be better, but, uh, you know, can't complain, bro. It's Monday night. Uh, we got football full swing. We have uh, basketball turning some corners. And, uh, you know, things are looking good. Let's see what happens. So, uh, you know, I uh, ran into the uh, Twitter mob uh, this afternoon um, and dealt with the full barrage of people and their hot takes. Um, I, I got to tell this little story, man. I, uh, a little taken aback. I think I now feel what some of these people on Twitter, people who have shows or celebrities or whoever, probably feel um i had listened to the uh, dan levitard show earlier uh this morning i was listening to it and they were talking about the jake paul fight and there was a guy on there uh, chris whittingham who feels very strongly the way i do and that's he's kind of upset that jake paul's getting this massive amount of attention and money for fighting non-boxers which we'll get to in a, in a little bit uh, but basically saying, you know, in his eyes, he's not legitimate because all he's fought is NBA is short NBA players or washed MMA fighters. Um, so I had tweeted uh, something out to them, uh, copying um, Jessica Smetina. Um, and I'd forgotten who said what, but all I said, uh, all my tweet was, was that um, I think that um, Paul is not real. Jake Paul is not a real boxer. He's a joke. People who think he's a legitimate fighter need their heads checked. If he fought the 40th ranked heavyweight boxer in the world, he'd get his head knocked off. That's what I said. I wasn't calling out anybody in particular. Uh, Only to get the full brunt of things when Jessica from the show actually replied to the tweet, which I didn't think was going to happen in a million years. Uh, she, basically she had just said that, um, you know, I, uh, she's like, she didn't even really have a take on this. Uh, and she avoided, avoided this subject just so she wouldn't be getting tweeted at all day. And I, and all my response was that, uh, Hey, you know, I wasn't necessarily targeting you directly. Uh, I just was just saying, I was just putting it out there. Right. And then that was followed up with uh, me getting called out for mansplaining, uh, being called cringeworthy, and people just basically. Uh, Whoa! All this happened this morning. Yeah, people just kind no of flaming, way. flaming me on Twitter all day. Okay. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't say anything inappropriate. I didn't call anybody out. I didn't say anything mean or derogatory. I just literally put a tweet out there that I agree with what Chris Whittingham is saying. I didn't tag everybody else in the show. I only tagged Jessica and, and Chris Whittingham because I'd forgotten. I thought Jessica 
and the, you know, and I was listening to it, and then I tweeted this like four hours later, right? But basically, it was just like I thought she had said that you know he may not be, um, he may not have fought anybody, but he's a legitimate fighter, and that you know I wasn't calling out anybody by name, uh, but just putting that out there, and man, I got the entire universe universe just coming at me uh with with tweets about stuff and and uh even people from the show from the Dan Levitard show tweeting me tweeting our account directly so i guess they say no you know there's no such thing as bad publicity but this uh this <laughs> felt a little uh although there was uh several people who liked my original tweet and then there's people you know, the Jake Paul defenders thing, oh, how, you know, why do you care so much, blah, 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 blah. And then someone said, why don't you fight him then? And I said, I would love to because I have uh, I have a couple of years of amateur boxing, at least in my background, uh, you know, so, you know, but we're not big enough names for him to come try to fight us. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, kind of a crazy experience, man. <laughs> Wow, <clears throat> that's 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 actually. I would say you know you're it, it, in a way it's good because you have an idea of in the future if you put out something out there that is a hot take at least you know you know um, what kind of repercussions will ha- will come with it right. Uh, sure. I think you're absolutely a hundred and ten percent justified in your own opinion in saying that. Uh, you know, he hasn't fought a, a, a boxer yet. And now um, there's reports that uh, I, I think him and his brother are going to be training with Khabib, and they're going, going to try to join Khabib's new Eagle FC uh, MMA, um, basically promotion that he's coming out with. He's got a couple of – he's got he, he got Kevin Lee. He signed Kevin Lee, who, who, was, who got banned by the doping agency. He yeah. he got um he has a couple of of uh he has a couple of, he got Rashad Evans coming out of retirement like it's it's not um it's not ideal but like little things like this by beating a Tyron Woodley now Jake Paul can say well I'd like to take the next step the funny thing is I can't wait if he actually makes it to an MMA fight I want him to fight. An MMA fighter. I don't want him to be switched on. I don't want him to have a boxer in there. No, but and, you know that's what you know? it's going to be. Like the next thing is, he's going to have a professional bowler in there with him. The yeah, that'd be, exactly. Or he's going to be like, hey, listen, uh, maybe I'll fight uh, Frank Gore or something like yeah, that. You know? maybe I'll fight Frank Gore or you know whoever in an MMA fight. And it's just, dude, here's the thing. He called out Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal bare knuckle boxed. On YouTube, on video, bro. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, I used to watch Jorge before he even made it big, and I'm telling you, he used to fight in those cable slice, uh, Miami underground like backyard fights, brawls. He was part of all of that for cash right there, and he was taking on dudes that were 80, 90, 110 pounds, you know, more in weight, and he was knocking them clean out, clean, clean, bro. He's going to destroy Jake Paul if Masvidal. If it's an MMA fight, it's a, it's a wrap. Yeah, I if think it's, it's a boxing it's, match. It's a oh, match. it's also a wrap. But I'm like, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that still, yeah. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Masvidal uh, uh, box against Jake Paul. I want to see Jake Paul actually. He was supposed to box Tommy Fury, which if it would have happened, I would have loved to see that because Tommy Fury at least is an amateur boxer, right? 
he's not ranked, he's not whatever, he's you know, all that other stuff, but he's at least he's a boxer, dude, you know. At least he's a boxer. So thing. You the same the same people that are defending Jake Paul and his boxing ability are the same people who were upset when team when Tim Tebow got a call by Urban Meyer to come play tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars after having been out of the league for six years. It's you know Tim Tebow at least played football. You know, you can I mean he didn't, he didn't only play football. He he won a, a, a he won a playoff game. As a quarterback. As a quarterback, and he won a Heisman Trophy. He won two Heisman Trophies. No, no. So, Archie Griffin is still only two-time Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, really? He, has, he didn't win twice? No, only once. Oh, all right. I thought he was definitely in the running, though, like he was two, three years in the running. In a row. But you have, you got, you know, people that are upset that, you know, other athletes play different sports. And it's it's. It's not the same thing. You have fighters. If you're a wrestler, like let's just take Kurt Angle, uh, and not not the WWE wrestler Kurt Angle, uh, same person, but not his professional wrestling career, but his amateur wrestling career. He won a gold medal, right? If you put Kurt Angle in a kickboxing ring, he's probably not going to do very good. He's still- he's completely out of his element, right? It's it's a it's a whole different whole different ball game. It's a different, uh, you know, um, it's a different sport, really, if you look at it, because kickboxing has their own events and their own rankings and things of that nature, and so does yeah. judo, and so does sambo, and so does Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and it just, the list goes on, right? Right. And so that's, that's kind of where I feel right now, man. It's like, yeah, he's fighting MMA fighters. Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley are not great. Dude, Ben Askren, Ben Askren, after he caught that beating from from Jorge, uh, I think yeah. he was done. Like that, like messed up his mind for for good. Yeah. So he shouldn't have been in there fighting Jake Paul. Period. He was shot from there. Yeah. Exactly. He was shot from there. And I'll tell you what, Logan Paul, if he fights Mike Tyson, he's going to lose. Oh, I can't wait for that to happen. If it does, I don't really don't even want to see it happen. To be honest with you, I don't want to see it happen. And you know what's funny, dude? You know what's what's really funny? I know how. They're all saying that, hey, you know, a knockout clause, we took out this, we did that. I still think it's still rigged, bro. I still think the Paul brothers are finding ways to rig it. And why I say that and why I'm saying that is because I'm not saying it based on the footage and what I saw, but, like, uh, it's just too much of a coincidence for everything to work out in that exact manner. I saw Woodley drop his hands for no reason. Honestly. I saw him drop his hands for no reason. But that could also be he's not a trained boxer, though. You know that too. That 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 too. But I just think that the Paul brothers have actually figured out the algorithm to cheat this fucking sport. Excuse my old French, but it, they they found a way to cheat the the uh, the sport, the entertainment aspect of it. They have found ways to where they're now they're associated with large. Power brokers in the boxing world, the Bob Rums, everybody else that's that's there that's making things happen, they're kind of in talks. Like they have, they can call up people and make things happen. At this point, yeah. I don't know. I just, to me, man, we'll see what happens with him going forward. If he's serious about boxing, if Jake Paul, 
And I, I, you know, if he was honestly serious about it, and he's like, you know what, I'm going to become a professional boxer. I'm going to start fighting and working my way up to get a title shot. I'm going to fight these amateur boxers. If he was real serious about it, I wouldn't be throwing hate his way. The hate for me is coming from a generation of people who know him from YouTube, who follow him, who now say he's so impressive as a boxer. He's knocking people out. He is the best. I, I literally read on Twitter one of his fans said that he is the best boxer currently fighting. Yeah, I, I don't know how someone can make that statement without, like, with a straight face because that's so ludicrous. But, like, I totally get what you're saying. If he was taking the route of, of ascension that all boxers do, your Tommy, for instance, your, your best example is, like, your Tommy Fury. Look at Tommy Fury. He's taking the route. His brother is his brother. Everyone knows who his brother is. Everyone knows the stock that he comes from. Everyone knows. So I, I guess the Fury name is big, and it holds true, and he's getting some of these amateur bo- boxing bouts. But he's not going out there chasing fights with MMA fighters. No. Tommy or, Fury. Or Tommy five, Fury. Or exactly. Gay players. Right. Uh, it, it, he's not doing that. He's still, he will still continue to chase amateur boxers until he can make a legitimate claim for a title shot or, you know, he can ask for – whatever he needs to ask. He puts together like a five, six fight win streak. You know, he pulls, he, he, imagine he has a run in the next two, three years. He's a young guy. Imagine he has a run in the next two, three years where he's a little bit like, like Ryan Garcia, you know, before he got hurt. Putting together a, a nice solid run, showing that he's fighting boxers, actually has talent. And Ryan Garcia, in my opinion, does have talent, right? I still think there's a different, you know, there's a whole different ball game there. Uh, um, I don't like the fact that he's just hanging out and taking time off and, goofing off, really, in my opinion, with these body shot challenges and everything else, when he could be focusing on his boxing career, right? Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, um, it, you know, Tommy Fury is going to be chasing boxers. He's not going to fight NBA, ex-NBA stars, ex-NFL stars, any of these other – he's not fighting anybody else. And you know what? His dad and his brother won't let him. That's the right. funny thing. Like, even if he wanted – even if he said, hey, listen, I want to make uh, – I want a couple of wins – and I want to do this, this, and this. They're going to be like, "Well, you're not part of the Fury family anymore." Then you might, you're not fighting boxers. You don't have a boxer anymore. Than right, right. But that's crazy. You literally got chewed out, huh? By, by the Twitter crowd. Oh my God, man! Yeah, they came at me full force, dude. And just reading some of this stuff and was like, people like, what I didn't understand is like the the take that I was like mansplaining, right? Like, or like. They could, like, some people weren't coming at me. They were just like, well, why did you tag Jess? Um, you know, like, she didn't really have anything to say with it. That I understand. That that could have been a mistake on my part. But, like, the people who were just, like, calling me cringeworthy and, like, you know, like, all this other things, you know, like, uh, it's just crazy to me, man. It's just crazy. Well, I'm yeah. glad you survived it, you know. Uh, oh, you know. I mean. I did, like, you know, and you can't take that stuff seriously. Like, I can only imagine if we were super famous, like Pat McAfee or, or Colin Cowherd or whatever, like the amount of vitriol they probably read on, they probably get on Twitter every day for things that they say on air. You know, um, it's probably crazy, but I was just like, wow, man, I did not expect that. But uh, kind of cool that uh, the Levitar show was actually responding to our tweets. So that's um, – 
that's kind of a cool thing, I guess, <laughs> even if it wasn't in the best light. <laughs> right, right. But, I mean, like you said before, any publicity is good publicity, right? Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, man, let me, let's talk about the Lakers. They dropped two games this weekend. Uh, they got some bad news about Anthony Davis. They, they dropped games to the Bulls and to the Timberwolves. Here's the thing, man. I'm looking at the Lakers currently, and I know it's early in the season. We're not even through December yet. Uh, usually you don't start to get a feel for a team until end of January or so. But currently – the Lakers have the fourth worst overall defense in the NBA. Okay, they have the one of the worst three point or I'm not sorry free throw shooting percentages in the NBA. Okay, and to top it all off, they are near the top of the league in turnovers. Those are all elements that just don't – that's not the makings of a good basketball team. You know, even if you figure it out at some point, um, what, are you going to shoot up to middle of the pack? Um, Maybe on defense or – but – Maybe, and that's that's if you had, like – you would be able to say something like that if you had um, defensive pieces, you know. It sounds really stupid, but, like, if you had – if you had Dort, uh, I really like Dort's upside, the defensive upside. On he plays for OKC, right? So um, if you had someone like that, or if you had someone locked down, where you could say, all right, well, he's going to be turning it up, like Jimmy Butler esque, you know, someone who's going to be turning it up, and he's going to be getting the entire team moving on defense. They don't have a stalwart like that. They don't have like a, 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 that kind of guy there. And Trevor Ariza, 17 years in, yes, he plays good defense, but. He's Robert Covington. He's he's that level of of a defender at this point. He's not. He's a smart defender, but he's not going to jump up your rating to your top five or your top ten at all by by any means, right? And if you're in close games and you don't have stoppers on defense and you can't make free throws, that's a problem. It's yeah, you you could by just the purely the, by playing out possessions, you could lose the games, right? Yeah. In your opinion, now that okay, Anthony Davis is gone for four weeks, which does not bode well. I, I read an article today morning. I'm sorry to cut you off. I read an article that says that Anthony Davis might be coming towards the end of his career with the Lakers. And the reason being is because the Lakers are now seeing that LeBron's at his end, and Anthony Davis cannot stay healthy, bro. He just can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. He's constantly hurt. And now listen to some of these games coming up to the Lakers in the next couple of weeks, uh, right, while they're going to be missing Anthony Davis. And they have LeBron James, who can, who's no longer at a point where I feel that he can carry a team, right? He, he's just he's, – he's playing well this season. There's no way he can do it night in, night out, 37 minutes a game, dropping 30-plus right. points, eight assists, all that stuff. It's not happening. That kind of LeBron numbers, you won't get more than – Two great game stretch at a time, maybe one, <laughs> one yeah. two games, maybe you know, and then a week off. So here are the big time opponents. I, I, I I'm not going to list every opponent here um, in the next four weeks or so that Davis is out. But here's the big ones: at, uh, the versus Phoenix, versus Brooklyn, at Memphis, 
versus Portland versus Minnesota again versus Atlanta versus versus Utah at Miami at Brooklyn at Philadelphia. Every single one of those teams is a playoff contender. And every single one of those teams, they're probably right now the Lakers are sitting at sixteen and fifteen without without uh, Anthony Davis for the next four weeks. Let's just call it. Let's just call four weeks. They play what, like about three games, uh, three or four games in a week. You're talking sixteen. Let's just say sixteen games. He's missing. Okay. They're probably going to go, and those are the games I mentioned. They're probably going to go five and eleven in that stretch. Would be my guess uh, in those sixteen games, which five and eleven would then put them at twenty one and twenty six. Five games below, and at that point, now you got to play catch up, and you're probably not going to be better than the seventh or eighth seed. Yeah, yeah, the seventh or the eighth seed probably doesn't want to see that Lakers team fully healthy because you can pull upsets, possibly, possibly, right? But are they really beating Phoenix or Golden State in a seven game series? No, not at all, not at all, no chance in hell. But I'm just saying, like, let's say. Uh, well, uh, let's not get into, you know, p- possibilities. But, like, going back to the anti-Davis being gone for four weeks, they don't have any sort of capable backup. Dwight Howard, um, you know, uh, who, they have DeAndre Jordan. They're looking to trade for Mitchell Robinson right now um, yeah. from the Knicks. And I think that's a very smart play because Robinson is not getting a lot of play because Noel is running, you know, the, the, he's starting. And you have enough heavy hitters on your top order, like with Randall and Obi Toppin. Uh, there's, there's, you know, there's no room for for Robinson. He's a great defender. He would be able to mask some of your interior defense. But like, they have to make moves at at this point, or else they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be moving forward. They're going to sit at that seven seed, and they're going to get swept by a lot better of a team, right? That comes into the playoffs. Now, speaking of uh, playoff teams. Kyrie Irving coming back to Brooklyn. He's going to be playing road games with them. Think about that, man. Is it worth him coming back? And you get to the playoffs now. You don't have him for home games, but you have him for away games. Like at this point, it just seems silly. It just honestly, it seems. I I, th- I, I I'm ashamed that the that the Nets bent over backwards for Kyrie Irving. Literally, they went against you know um, Josai. Who owns? Uh, he's majority owner of the of the Nets. He went back on his word where he said, "Either you get vaccinated or you're not playing." Yeah. And I don't care if there's 25 people in health and safety protocols and there's a lack of players. You move games out. You figure it out. You sign practice. You know, squad players. You go to your G League. You do things that the Lakers are doing. Signing Isaiah Thomas. You figure it out. Yeah. But uh, honestly, uh, Kyrie Irving playing for the Nets at this point. I think it might actually end up hurting them more than help help them, you know. Yeah. Um, and if and if he ends up hurting them, then I, I hate to be the person that says I told you so. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I, you know, you've given Kyrie the 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 image now that I that he's more more powerful than the team that he that pays him the salary. Yeah. Like, what kind of mentality to younger players that want to that want to move up? And, and, and continue playing. And, and and the ones that are looking at Kyrie Irving as a role model could just dick around just like Kyrie and, and, and I'll figure it out. They're going to need me in the end. 
that's really bad mentality to teach to the younger generation that's now moving or wanting to move into this next step of, of, of professional sports. Well, that, uh, that brings us to a close on our first segment. Uh, we want to call out once again uh, some of our partners here. Uh, Good Pods, a great place to find new and independent podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Good Pods as well. Uh, and you can find us on Amazon Podcasts um, as well as Apple iTunes. Um, moving on to our second segment here, um, Tiger Woods kind of made a comeback uh, this past weekend. He was playing golf with his son, I believe, in a tournament. Where would you rank Tiger Woods in greatest athletes of all time? So, like, when you look at, like, the, the sports – um, genres that most of these greatest of all times fit into, right? So, like, basketball, you have, like, your your Michael Jordan, your uh, people say LeBron James, people say Bill Russell because he has 11 rings, whatever, Will Chamberlain. The greats, you have the greats there. Then in football, you have your greats. They, I, I feel like golf probably gets the back seat because there's so many other sports that play – more games, more events. And I know they tried to make it interesting a couple of years ago. They had the one-on-one challenge, right? Uh, who was it, Tiger Woods against Phil Mickelson, I think it was? Um, uh, yeah, I think Or so. did that not ever happen? Oh, that, yeah, that was a few years ago. Yeah, a few years ago, right? So, well, I'm saying I know they tried to make golf interesting by, you know, pairing up certain players and, and having them go two-on-two or, you know, uh, through a tournament of some sort. But golf still doesn't have the excitement that the rest of these other sports do. Unless you're a true golf enthusiast, you're not yeah. putting Tiger Woods in, like, your top five. Um, my personal opinion, take away Tiger's personal life because his personal life is his personal life. Uh, I, I think he falls in the top ten. You know, he, he has enough uh, accolades. You know, he has enough wins uh, in major tournaments to say he's one of the best, right? Um but amongst other sports, he doesn't hold. To, in my opinion, there's so too many other players that I feel like would fall on that list, and it pushed Tiger out of it for me. I have Tiger Woods in my top, definitely in the top ten. And if I'm looking at goat athletes, I'm looking at a period of dominance. And uh, that's in this in this regard, I would have Tom, I would have Tiger Woods in my top five. I'm looking at in your peak, how dominant were you? And the the answer is Tiger Woods was the most dominant golfer from probably 1998 to 2005. Maybe a longer period of time than that. And that's why if I had to do my top five greatest athletes of all time, there's it's Tiger Woods, it's Serena Williams, it's Michael Jordan, it's probably Tom Brady. And it's pro, you know, I I'd have to think think about it for a while. Um, somebody else, uh, the, I'm sure the name is escaping me off the top of my head. But those are those are the four I think of. Serena Williams has dominated women's tennis like nobody else has dominated women's tennis. Tiger Woods Woods dominated golf. So I would put, in my opinion, I would put Roger Federer over Woods. Right? Uh, to me, my my uh, like uh, I would put. 
there would be a bunch of other players uh, that I would put over uh, Tiger Woods, you know, uh, from a uh, – and the reason why I'm saying is that even when you look at the longevity and stuff, like you – I'm not saying that you have to put Gordie Howe there, but, like, some of these guys, they've done also longevity plus more, right? Uh, and they're not in the conversation always because of the lesser sport that they belong to. And and you know what? You can go to the length of looking at even – um, you know, look at so you look at tennis, you look at basketball, you look at football, you look at um, baseball. You can, baseball, right? You can even like it sounds absurd. It sounds absurd, but like you can even look at college sports. You know, there's been some great, great, great players that played college. Like from even let's say I'm not saying a coach has to go over Tiger Woods, but I'm just saying the the, the list and what you see as like being the best. If, as a player, I still feel like there's, there's, you know, Wayne Gretzky, in my opinion, goes over Tiger Woods, right? Um, okay. So, like, that, that's why my my take on it is that I, I see that he was dominant, you know, those seven years that you that you just told me, 98 to 05, but I don't know. That's why their opinions, right? They're, just, they're like assholes. Everyone's got one. Exactly. So, <laughs> Tiger Woods is 45 years old right now, Okay. His health started declining. You could say that really when the whole scandal broke, um, you know, I, I, I don't know when that happened with his personal life, when that started to go down too. But that, that's kind of when things really started to go down for him. And then he kind of made a comeback. And then his health has really been uh, bad uh, recently. But let me just tell you this. 45 years old, okay, he's 45 right now. Tiger Woods is tied with Sam Snead for the most wins on the PGA Tour with 82. He's, he won 15 majors. Jack Nicholas won 18. There was a time where people thought Tiger Woods was going to blow past Jack Nicholas's 18 majors because 1997 he won his first major. He had already had 14 majors by the time 2008 rolled around. And he was seemingly winning one or two every single year. And then the whole stuff went down around, two, I think, 2009, 2010, when everything went down with, with his wife and he had all those issues, personal life. And then he come, came, came back, he won. He was able to win the Masters in 2019. And then he got hurt again, and he, he hasn't played. But he, he Tiger Woods won. 10, I'm sorry, he won 10 majors before the age of 30. But look at the longevity of golf, bro. All right, what's the average age a golfer, a, a top-notch golfer will play up until? And it's not a, phys, a super, it's not a super physically demanding sport where you're getting hit by another golfer or anything of that sort. So, like, when you're saying longevity and he got hurt and everything else, he could still play easily till he's 65. Yeah, but they don't know? win. They don't win majors. They don't win tournaments. You might still be playing. I mean, um, Jack Nicklaus won his last major in 1986. Okay, he was 46 years old, so he's a year older than Tiger Woods is now. Tiger Woods is 45. Jack Nicklaus won his very last major in 1986 at 46 years old. He continued to play. Sure, on the senior tour, among other things, until, you know, uh, the early 90s. 
But at the same time, these guys, they might still be playing, but they're not competing for major championships past a certain age, past about 40, I would say. It's very rare for... Mickelson's 51. Daly's over 50. What's the last major that Phil Mickelson won? Look it up. Okay. I'm pulling it up right now. Phil Mickelson. Sorry, God, I can't talk today. I am having all kinds of uh, issues. I'm trying to find the very last major. He's won six major championships, okay? It looks yeah, so like when was his last one? His last major, okay, 2013. And then he just won the PGA Championship this past year. So the, this year he won his first major in eight years. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that golf is not like it's it, it's not – a game where, you know, you have your prime, but your prime can extend depending on your mechanics, your health, your coach, all that other good stuff. You can extend out your prime because you're not sitting there getting smacked around. Even baseball, you have to run like crazy, you get hit by balls. There's so many different things in different sports that causes them to lose that that longevity, which is what you're, you're saying goats are are made of right that longevity is, is killed by by physical activity so in, it, that's why i don't consider golfers i don't consider them to be like it's a sport definitely a sport i don't watch it um but uh you know I, in the realm of other sports it falls very low on my list so we talk about longevity we talk about certain things i mean i i, I get it I get it, that it's not the most physically demanding sport uh, out there, you know. But I, I... see, uh, a football, a football prime career, uh, let's, and it differs by by position. Obviously, you know this, right? But you, a football prime career, you can run, um, let's say, a non quarterback, maybe eight, nine, ten years, and that's like pushing it too, right? Um, in a, for a golfer, you can run fifteen years prime of your prime just by being in shape and doing the right things and practicing and all that other good stuff. It can be said for tennis though. Yeah, you're right. But tennis is still a lot more physically demanding than golf is, bro. You got to be kidding me. You can't make a, comp- a comparison of golf and tennis. But what is the, uh, the comp know. to golf? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the comp to golf is, bro. I really don't. There's not a comp to golf, but I'll tell you what, if you have a bad back or a bad shoulder in golf, you cannot play the sport. You just can't. You can't hit. You lose all your power, your range of motion. Everything goes, man, even in your knees. you gotta have, you got to have a certain degree of physical stamina and physical fitness to play golf. As much as – So know, just you, imagine how much harder it is for football players to have the same stamina – and have the same, uh, you know, injuries or worse injuries or, or worse, and these, and you're still, and you still have to continue to play, right? I mean, yeah. Bill Rivers I played mean, a playoff game with a torn ACL. As much as you have positions in football, you like kicker, punter. Yeah, they're athletes, and they're great athletes. That's almost as the same thing as, as least amount of contact as golf. Nearly, you come on, you kick field goals. If they hit you, it's a penalty. You do kickoffs. You come off the field. You're there's no you're a punter kick- and a kicker, 
as a punter and a kicker, you're first of all, if you're kicking just field goals, then yeah, that's it's harder. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, easier rather. You know, you're gonna get hit, so on and so forth. But as a as a kickoff, you know, person or even a punter, you gotta run a little bit after you kick. You don't, you can't, you you don't just sit around and stand there and watch. You actually have to do something. And these guys practice, and and, and it's not like they have a different practice for punters and kickers. They do, but like. When it comes to general conditioning, the whole team does the general conditioning, including the kickers and the punters, Fine, with I mean, the linemen, with the running backs, with everybody yeah, else. They run off to the side of the field on kickoff returns, typically, and a golfer has to walk the amount of the, the whole length of the course. So, I mean, it's a difficult sport. It's not Golf is not physically demanding like football. You're not running up and down a court like basketball. Fine. But, I, I mean, I guess the comp for concentration and skill would be a NASCAR driver because they're driving they're they're in a car for six hours driving 180 miles an hour but you know what for 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 the amount of time that they're driving the amount of muscle control that they have has to have in their body to hold that steering wheel in the direction that it's going at 180 miles an hour they have to be in tip-top shape if they go one if they go anywhere from one to five pounds up in weight, it changes their times uh, with it that they run. So it, it's. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's harder. I'm saying it's still physically demanding. Okay, fine, but so is golf. Uh, when you are, I'm telling you, I've been out there. I've played 18 holes. After that's fine, holes, dude. That's you played 18 holes, but like you haven't sat there for two hours and got smacked in the face by a defensive lineman. No, you haven't, but at the same time, it's a very difficult sport. It's a difficult sport to win. It's a difficult sport to master. There's a lot of guys on the tour that aren't winning titles. I'm sorry, bro, but, like, there's nothing that's going to change my mind about golf. (laughs) That's just the way it is. It's not going to happen. Not for me. Tiger Woods, if you're saying he's not a top ten athlete of all time, just because of the sport he plays, I have to vehemently disagree. I, I just, you're allowed to, bro. That's the whole point, right? So you disagree. Yes. I'm going to disagree there because I feel like Tiger Woods' level of dominance, how he dominated the entire sport for years, is, is why he's in that discussion. Uh, and then, you know, nobody's come close. There's been a lot of people – that had runs for a year or two, your Brooks Kepkas, your Rory McElroys, your Dustin Johnsons, but none of them have come close to the same sustained level of dominance that Tiger Woods had over a period of time. It's basically been Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas over the last 40, 50 years who have been the best golfers uh, that really nobody can hold a candle to. Uh, we got to get going, man. We got 20 minutes left. Um, I wanted to talk real quick. We got Christmas coming up this week. Christmas is on Saturday before we get to our NFL uh, talk. Can you tell me, like, what your worst Christmas experience ever is? Because I know mine, and mine was fairly recent. But I'm curious uh, what your worst Christmas experience ever was. Oh, um, so that's pretty easy. Um so back, uh, like right out of college, uh, me and a bunch of my buddies, we used to, you know, throw parties in New York City, and and um, I knew a lot of club owners and the bar owners and things like that, and 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 they were, in Christmas Eve was like 
actually a bit, a bit, a pretty big party night in New York City. So one Christmas Eve, we started out in Hoboken, and there was like two fights in Hoboken we got involved in, and we took our ass across the bridge, went to New York City. There were a bunch more fights. Literally everywhere we went that night, something or the other happened. Um, there was like a DUI checkpoint at the end of the night. It was just nuts. The whole night, it was like running from one place to the other, making sure everyone's still around. And we had like 20, 25 heads. Um, it was it was a wild, wild Christmas. A wild Christmas. Okay. All right. Um, I have to say for me, it was 2019. Um, I don't, you know, I was working in this company and I, I don't want to, Name the company, so I'll just, uh, you know, I'll just make up a company, like just call it a shitty company named Tire Discounters. And I was working for the uh, working for this company in 2019, and, you know, I had started in IT there, and lo and behold, like, this new guy takes over, wants me to be uh, a customer service rep now instead of an IT and then they and I obviously wasn't going along with it, so they he fired me a week before Christmas. That's terrible. A week That's before. That's shameful. Then not only that, in my exit time, in my exit interview when they're firing me, this guy has the goal because I was still owed a severance package, which they were giving me, and I was still owed two more checks. They said if, he told me with HR there, that if I wanted to get the rest of my benefits that I was owed, I had to keep my cell phone on me for the next month in case he had any questions on how things on how to run things. That's absolutely insane. Like I, I don't was your boss by any chance Donald Trump? No, no, but he was just as bad and just as fat. Man, that's uh, honestly, that should have probably been an HR issue. Um, that's terrible. That's terrible. There, man, you know, it's crazy to me. It's just, I can't, I honestly can't even really believe it. But that is definitely by far like my worst one, worst Christmas. My family was great that I had last, you know, in 2019. Things worked out in the end. But man, to get to lose your job a week before Christmas was just awful, dude. Just awful. Um, That's a kick in the chicklets, man. Yeah, real kick in the dick, man. Um, all right. So we got about fifteen, a little bit over fifteen minutes left. Let's get into some um, NFL talk. Um, let me ask you, man, because I have my MVP candidate, but. Who are your – who's your number one MVP candidate right now? Just, you know, I, I, obviously we got about, like, four weeks left in the season or so, uh, three, four weeks left in the season. Who, who would win the MVP? Who would have your vote for NFL MVP this year? Well, it's, that's a little tough, though. Um, uh, can I let you go first? Because i got to think. i got to think. So there's been a lot of talk out there about Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. um, even Patrick Mahomes making a comeback a little bit. 
but to me, it's Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has carried the Colts right now. He's got, at this time, you know, with, I believe, three games, they're eight and six, okay? They're sitting at, uh, there's three games left. He's at 1,500 yards rushing and 17 touchdowns. And you have the Colts now, who I believe are tied, sorry, the Colts are one game back to the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are nine and five currently. The Colts are eight and six. The Colts have two have three games left on their schedule at Arizona versus Las Vegas at Jacksonville. Okay? You know what? Right now, I think just if you can, um, just – Double check the odds. I thought last I checked, Jonathan Taylor was like a thousand. Um, that's what his odds were to win the MVP. Plus, probably definitely. I believe yes. Plus um, one thousand. It, it probably shortened after his after last game against the Patriots. But it, it, so right now, Patrick Mahomes is plus one thousand. Jonathan Taylor is is uh, plus one thousand. Aaron Rodgers is plus 200, and Tom Brady up until yesterday was 175, 125, something like that. Yeah, plus 120. Yeah. I get it. Quarterback, fine. Tom Brady is on a loaded team that's the defending Super Bowl champion. Aaron Rodgers, while not on a loaded team, he's on a good team. Without Jonathan Taylor, the Colts are a five-win team this year. Tell, tell me that... Uh, who what who's another quarterback in this league uh that and another team that name me another team I know the Patriots did it in horrible weather conditions where Mac Jones threw like three passes but name me another team in the NFL that can win games with their quarterback averaging 16 attempts per game over the last 4 weeks See, there's probably nobody, but, like, I would say a good candidate for that job could have been, like, a, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, depending on the ebb and flows of the way that their scheduling goes and, and, and the teams that they're playing. He could have 20 pass attempts in a game and still win, right? Um, but, look, uh, I'm not even going to get into all that because I don't think that that's a fair comparison to do because you're Kyla Murray, you're Dak Prescott, your your Josh Allen, these quarterbacks still, in my opinion, don't leapfrog Jonathan Taylor as far as like most valuable player because Jonathan Taylor literally, you know, he has won games on his legs, on just his legs for the Colts. So, you know, the, I I agree that he's, uh, you know, he's very probably the only non-quarterback um, player to be on that list. In my opinion, one other person below belongs low, really, really low on that list, but still kind of getting there. Cooper Cup is actually pretty close to breaking some records on the receiving end too. Cooper He's Cup been absolutely phenomenal as of late. Um, He's been very good. I will 100% agree with you on that, but it's hard for me to give a wide receiver MVP. Oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm just saying non-quarterback uh, players that belong that are that are on that list. The only yeah. other person I would think about putting up there would be Cooper Cup. Um, everyone else. Before the injury that Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Henry was on a – he was on a uh, – he was on a, a movement, man. He was yeah. – he was, he was going to make sure he was shattering records. So, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah. Henry, if he was healthy, Henry would have probably belonged on the list. Uh, but uh, Taylor, is, in my opinion, is is a great pick um, for the MVP. Uh, I don't remember the last running back that won it. To be honest with you, um, I remember the the year that um, was it Adrian Peterson coming off the ACL. It might have been. Uh, let's see, last running back to win MVP. Oh, I stand corrected. Um, the last time a running back won MVP was with Damian Tomlinson in 2006. Won it a year after Seahawks running back. 30, when he had 33 touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the, the year that, that AP came off his ACL, he won Offensive Player of the Year. AP, okay. he won the AP Award for Offensive Player of the Year. That that's the year Manning won. That's the year Manning, yeah, that's the year Manning won the MVP. Okay. Throwing 5,000 plus. Regardless, but like, you don't see running backs enter this kind of conversation. You don't. You normally never see it. So I think it's. I think it's a good. Keeps moving with with the way that he's moving with the last couple of games. Uh, he has a chance. He has a chance to be in the twenty plus touchdown range. To be in the eighteen hundred to nineteen hundred uh, yards rushing. Uh, he has a very healthy YPC. But then again, that that offensive line is just phenomenal for Indy. They're just so loaded. They're stocked. They know exactly which way to go. They're making holes for Naeem Hines to run 70 yards, uh, 50 yards. So the, their their offensive line is really, really good. Uh, I'm not taking away from, for the, from the fact that Jonathan Taylor still has to do what he has to do, but it makes his life easier when he has an O-line like that. So here's something interesting here. You have 2021 Jonathan Taylor versus 2020 Derrick Henry, who I believe finished in the top three in MVP voting, and 2012 Adrian Peterson, who I believe uh, was the Offensive Player of the Year that year in 2012 and ran for 2,000 yards. Here's the total yardage for these three backs through 14 games. Hold on one second. Can I tell you something real quick? If Adrian Peterson didn't win it running for 2,000 yards, do you think Jonathan Taylor will? Probably not, but at the same time, I I look at you have to factor in how important player is to their team. And while Adrian Peterson – Adrian Peterson was more than important for that team. He was just as important as as Jonathan Taylor, if not more. But do you think – I don't remember if that's the Vikings team. That's Vikings. That's that's Vikings, Adrian Peterson coming off a torn ACL – Everyone drafted him third, fourth round that year in fantasy. I remember because I got him in the third round. Yeah. And that won me the, my league that year. Adrian Peterson running for 2,000 yards and, and Calvin Johnson and the receiving yardage that he put up that year and Tony Romo as my quarterback. That, that's what won me that year. The ponder was the quarterback, so not a great quarterback. No. Nah. Vikings needed every bit of that 2,000 yards that Adrian Peterson did. Peterson ran for 12 touchdowns that year. And he had 13 touchdowns total on that on that season. He had 12 touchdowns, 2,097 yards rushing. So I feel like Jonathan Taylor has 19 touchdowns so far this year through 14 games. Uh, uh, no, I, I I I can't. I'm not I'm not taking that because that 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 Vikings O line was nowhere near uh, the, this Indy O line, and they they actually have Michael Pittman. They have a couple of serviceable receivers and 
and, and targets outside of just Jonathan Taylor. They have a pass catching back in Naeem Hines, who's caught like four touch, who has four touchdowns on the year. But what I'm saying is that Adrian Peterson was the only. There was no other star that made that team run when he ran for 2,000 yards. Yes, he ran for. He had 12 touchdowns and 13. He had one, maybe one receiving touchdowns. Yes, it's on the lower end, but from a from a valuable standpoint. I still think Adrian Peterson was more valuable than Jonathan Taylor was is to this team. All right. Well, last last thing I'll say is the Minnesota Vikings had a top ten offensive line that year, ranked number nine for the 2012 season, led by John Sullivan, Phil Lodeholt, and Matt Khalil. So they had they had a great offensive line, man. They had Khalil was a stud. Load Holt was a multi multi time. Then we can, if you want to start jumping into like specifics, then you look at the conferences that they play in, right? Completely different, completely different conferences, right? The, yeah. the level of 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 of, uh, of uh, opponents that they play uh, that that are uh, you know, I guess I don't want to say loaded, but like talent from a talent perspective, the Vikings play in a tougher division than the Colts do. Tougher division, sure. Fine. I, I don't know how tough the division was in 2012. You have Aaron Rodgers, a Super Bowl, Bowl winning quarterback, still playing in that division that year. You still, you, I, I'm not like I said. We're not. I'm not going to jump into specifics because we could do this all day, right? I'm not sure how good the Bears and the Lions were though back in 2012. I don't know. Was Jay Cutler on the Bears teams that year? Do you know? Was Jay Cutler on those? Was he quarterback? Look it up. Look it up, bro. Yeah. Uh, All right, so give me your power rankings as we're running out of time here. Give me your top five NFL teams. Oh, man, there's a little bit of a shift, I would say. Um, You know, obviously this this weekend – and the and the games still you know that are that are playing right that that are being played and uh I don't know let's see uh if I were to go on the football side right we're going football right so uh power rankings let's oh man this is tough at five I would put the i put the Bengals at five. Okay. Um, at four, I would put – I'd put the – I'd put the Bills at four. Um, at three – at three <laughs> – uh, damn, I don't know, man. This is uh, – it's a little hard. Okay, so you know what? Let's start over. Sorry. Okay. I'm gonna start over because I was just looking at I was looking at just the playoff picture from a playoff picture perspective. Okay. Sorry. So uh, I'll probably go uh, five. I'll put the Cardinals at five. Okay. The Bucks at four. The Cowboys at three. The Chiefs at two, and the Packers at one. Wow. So you have four NFC teams there. Yeah. But the Rams are right there, right behind Arizona. Um, also an NFC team, but you know, and, and then. If the Bengals can finish out the season, you know, strong, I think yeah. they have the upside to leapfrog, obviously, like like the Colts and the Titans, even for that matter, um, coming out the AFC. All right. So for me, number five, I have the New England Patriots. 
Mm. Number four, I have Tampa Bay. Number three, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Two, I have the um, I have the Dallas Cowboys, and number one, I have the Green Bay Packers. I'll tell you why I left Arizona off this list. This was it the, the embarrassing loss to the Lions? <laughs> no, it's not just that, but this is the time where, if you've looked the last couple of years, Arizona starts. They to fell off. And last year they could they could say that Kyler Murray was injured, that's why they fell off. But this year they don't have an answer. Well, and Kyler Murray did get hurt this year. He missed a couple of games. But like that's earlier than than the end of the season. The bottom third of the season, he's still there. Right. And if you look at the last three games for the Cardinals, I can see them losing two of three. They have the Colts coming up at Cowboys and the Seahawks to end end the season. <laughs> And I, I don't I, I really dislike divisional matchups. Like I could see the Seahawks winning against, you know, yeah. the the Cardinals. And here's the thing. I the, here's the problem I have with Kyler Murray too. He gets beat up. He's so small. Like, and he always seems to start the season like gangbusters. But against the Lions, he was 23 of 41 for 257 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And about a hundred of those yards in that touchdown were in garbage time when they were already losing thirty to six. And then you look at the game he had against the Rams, and it wasn't it wasn't much better. Uh, against the Rams, they lost thirty to twenty three, and Kyler Murray was thirty two of forty nine. He threw for three hundred eighty three yards, but he had no touchdowns and two interceptions. Yeah, that's just a poor game. Like game script too, I would say. Like I, 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 you know what I think? I think that every year they start out hot, right? They do. Kyler, Kyler plays is is nuts off, right? They don't have Gins right now. I think he's down for the year. Yeah. Um He's been hurt the last two years, this year and last year. Yeah. But I think the league kind of catches on. The league catches on as to like the tendencies that now Cliff Kingsbury is showing as a coach. Right. So it's easy to, to – if Dan Campbell can outcoach you, and, again, I'm not saying Dan Campbell's a bad coach, sure. but he's not – he's a journeyman coach. He, 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 he was head coach for the Dolphins for a bit, and, you know, um, he's not your – yeah, he, he picked he, – he, uh, someone got fired – I forgot who got fired, and he was in the interim, and he finished off the year for them. Um, but regardless, like, uh, D- Dan Campbell – um, is not your master class, you know, Bill Belichick coach, right? If if he can make a mockery out of you, then imagine what Bill Belichick will do to you, right? Yeah. So. so, I will say this. Here's the difference. I know the Lions are, what, two, currently they're like two, 11 and one, right? And then they lost a couple of heartbreaking games. Yep. And a few others. Here's the difference between losing teams and when you're looking to build a foundation, because the Lions need upgrades everywhere, right? That roster, there's not a lot of talent on that roster. But you want to see your young players playing better near the end of the season. Jacksonville looks like they've quit. The Lions are still fighting hard every week. Yeah, and I think that's coaching. And yeah. I think that's coaching. That That's Dan Campbell pushing them to do what they need to do. And you know what? 
speaking for well, – I know we're, we're going to run over, but I'm going to ask you real quick. Uh, Michigan actually is a really good state for recruiting players too Yeah. from a college perspective. There's a bunch of really good players that uh, that end up on squad uh, college teams from Michigan, um, whether it's playing you know for the st- for state or for, for U of M uh, or out out of state for that matter. So um, yeah, man, I, I think that that uh, at least the Lions are trying to put things together and they're moving it forward. Um, but hey, let's see what happens. They're gonna have a pretty high draft pick, and it looks like the Eagles now will have 66 percent of the snaps. They now have three first rounders coming up next year. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I think the Lions, I don't know where they go uh, as far as what they'll be looking for. They took an offensive tackle this past year. They're probably not going to take a quarterback. Maybe they'll look for a top wide receiver. Maybe they'll look to address the defense. But I'll tell you what, since getting blown out by the Eagles 44-6, to they tied the Steelers. They lost to the Browns 13-10. to They lost to the Bears 16-14. They beat the Vikings. They lost to the Broncos, and then they beat the Cardinals recently. You know, bad teams, they're going to get blown out. But what you want to see, uh, like we said, is you want to see your team fighting. You want to see young players developing. And, like, Amon uh, Ross St. Brown has looked great these last couple He of looks years. amazing. He looks absolutely – I think they found a gem in a receiver with him. Absolutely. And you know what? The Houston Texans, uh, as bad as they've been, because they don't really have a quarterback, they keep fighting. They yeah, and keep, they, yeah, they, they and play tough. They play hard. They're not very good. There's not a lot of talent on their roster. But if you look at some of the other bottom feeder teams right now, you can the say, Jets being that the Jets are look. Uh, you know, if you look at the Jets um, team, um, yeah. they they're also they're playing for their coach right now. They are because Salah. He, he demands respect. But then you look at, like, Jacksonville, and I feel like even, like, the New York Giants. Oh, yeah, bro, the Giants. The Giants and the and the Jaguars just seem seemingly have mailed it in. So, if I – and even, like, the Carolina Panthers look completely inept these last couple of weeks. Um, so, those would be positions where I'd be looking to make a coach. Obviously, the Jaguars already made the coaching change. But you have to – Chicago is still playing hard, right? What's that? I said Chicago Chicago's still playing hard. They're trying. Yeah, they're trying. Detroit's still trying. The Jets are trying. I think the Jets obviously are a couple – they're probably another year or two away from being in serious playoff contention because they, they – But got, Elijah Moore looks good. I think Elijah Moore looks awesome. Michael you know. Carter looks great. Elijah yep. Moore looks good. Zach Wilson needs to improve next year. But – you know, I look at, like, the Dolphins, take for instance. This is a team that started, what, one in six? I think they, they won the last six in a row. Yeah. It's, I mean, the Dolphins, they never quit on Brian Flores. And they, they could have easily mailed it in after a one in six start. But, yeah, man, it's yep. uh, it's been an awesome season. Uh, I'm in the playoffs. I'm in the playoffs. I got a first-round bye. So I had a bye this week. Um, I don't want to see my opponent next week because I don't have Leonard Fournette. I don't have uh, Mike Evans. <laughs> I'm taking hits. I'm taking hits across the board. And the guy's coming with so much momentum. He was the eighth seed, and he came. He won out to end the season, and then he won his first round uh, matchup, and now he's got me coming up next week. Uh, I'm going to lose in the first round. I was the number four seed in the league, and my team flat out didn't show up this week. Najee Harris had three points. Yeah, I know. Harris just shot the bed. 
I didn't have Lamar Jackson, so I had to pick up a QB. I started Jimmy Tell Garoppolo. me you started Huntley. No, I started Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. He got 17 points. Okay. Uh, you know, and then the salvageable, guy, I guess. Seventeen is salvageable. The guy I'm playing uh, had fifty six from Patrick Mahomes, so that's really holy people. So I'm I'm not completely out of it, but I need a miracle, and by miracle, I need Justin Jefferson to go ahead and get me fifty five points tonight. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, sounds good, man. Sounds good. Thank you for listening, guys. We will be uh, back after the holidays. We want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. I will be coming back to you next Monday. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.